Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Hearts Beat Loud in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Hearts Beat Loud is a new 2018 indie film uh, directed by Brett Haley, starring Kirsi Clemens, Nick Offerman, Ted Danson, Tony Collette, Sasha Lane, and Blythe Danner, among others. Brett Haley has previously directed The Hero from last year and 2015's I'll See You in My Dreams, uh, in addition to a couple of others, but those are the ones I've seen. I liked The Hero, uh, featuring an old performance from Sam Elliott, but definitely a decent movie. And I'll See You in My Dreams was also a solid film as well. So, Hearts Beat Loud, uh, I was kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I'd heard pretty good things. It's got some pretty good reviews. It's got a 3.6 on Letterboxd, which is fairly high. And I've heard a lot of people praise the music as well. So... As someone who really likes musicals, I was looking forward to it and really interested in it. And so I went to see it last night as of recording this, and uh, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Uh, the music is easily the best part of the movie, uh, followed closely by Kirsi Clemens. Uh, but it's it's a really enjoyable. It's very short, and it it really has a enough heart to it to kind of overcome a lot of its shortcomings uh which the biggest shortcoming is the cast is pretty great uh offerman clemens sasha lane by dan tony collette ted danson it's a pretty good cast and the the film really squanders them in my opinion tony collette does not get nearly enough to do she doesn't really have a lot of dimension to her character sasha lane is kind of just a love interest Blythe Danner is just a grandmother character. Uh, even Nick Offerman, who is basically co-lead with Kirsi Clemens, uh, doesn't get enough to do. The, the film opts to be way too subtle in some instances, and then also, but then on, on the other hand, like it beats you over the head with different aspects of it, and it, it really doesn't mesh very well. Ted Danson uh, plays... The bar- a bartender who, again, is fairly wasted in the film. Uh, Clemens is probably the best character written and acted. Uh, Nick Offerman gives a great perform- good, good performance, but his character is not written well enough, in my opinion, to, to really elevate that aspect of things f- very far. So... That aside, though, uh, the film is very charming, and a couple of moments it does really well. Um, There are two moments that revolve around bikes that I thought um, were very well done and well well made and well orchestrated and did a great job of uh, showing without telling. Um, Very close to showing... Very close to to hiding the actual meaning behind those scenes, but ultimately I think that they did a good job of of hinting just enough at the underlying emotions going on. 
uh, it's not a traditional musical. It's not um, break into song and dance uh, in the middle of the city type of thing. It's just a father and daughter songwriting team duo that perform and record music together. And the relationship between Clemens and Offerman, at first it seemed a little weird. It seemed a little strained, like uh, they were still kind of getting to know each other as far as acting goes. But as the film progressed, I, I grew more and more accustomed to the relationship that the two had. Which is, I mean, being strained makes sense. The, the mother slash wife is gone and passed away. And uh, that's pretty affecting. You know, that's going to hurt a relationship. And so they, they start to write music. Um, you know, they use Kiersey Clemens' song lyrics and they start writing something together during a jam session and it gets they get really into it and there's this huge there's kind of really fun montage cut of them performing and, and recording the mute the song and uh it kind of sparks this new life in at least nick offerman who run, owns a record store and he's now kind of hooked on this music stuff and he wants to take it more seriously and he's writing more and he's performing and recording and uh, meanwhile Kiersey Clemens uh, dealing with her own love interest of Sasha Lane but also wanting to be a doctor there's tension there and we get one really decent scene out of that tension but I think there could have been there's a lot more you could have gotten into as far as like the whole idea between do I follow the current path I'm on as far as being a doctor, which she clearly is very interested and wants to do and is, is in love with that, that profession and that, that idea. But, you know, there's also that side that, like, she's obviously enjoying herself performing. You know, she's very happy when she's singing. And uh, that's, that's another, that's a big question. You know, how big of a risk would it be? Um... You know, I think Nick Hoffman at one point in the movie suggests she takes a gap year before going off to college. And, you know, like, I don't think that, like, the pros and cons of doing that are really that well established in the movie. And it seems like definitely something worth considering. Um, I don't know. Especially considering the circumstances with which he proposes that. You know, basically what's going on, what's happening uh, as far as their music is concerned, feels at least something worth considering, but um, the film doesn't really give it that chance to breathe, unfortunately. Um, the other aspect is Tony Collette, who is the um, landlady to Nick Offerman, and I believe that doesn't... I don't think that's the the apartment that they live in. I think it's the... Uh, record store that he owns and the record store is not doing so well records don't sell very well right now and um, they so you know he's he's almost out of luck as far as that's concerned and Tony Collette is sort of maybe we're not sure uh, a love interest to Nick Offerman um, there's clearly something between them, but throughout the film, that situ the relationship between those two characters fluctuates and ebbs and flows as different information comes to light or, or 
feelings are hurt or, or connections made and, and so forth and so forth. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the music. So there are four original songs featured in the film. Uh, the f- most prominent one is the titular song Hearts Beat Loud. And it's great. It's a great song uh, performed by Clemens and Offerman in the movie. Uh, the other... Man, let's see if I can find a list here. Um, Sound track. No dice. Um, oh, there it is. Soundtrack. Oh, this is not fully... Not fully detailed. Hearts beat loud original songs. Um, oh, this might be it. I think we're there. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. So there's Hearts Beat Loud, which is the titular song. It's performed two times throughout the movie and once during over the end credits. There's also Blink, parenthetical, one million miles. Uh, you also have Everything Must Go. And I think... Uh, shut your eyes. So uh, Blink um, is more of a more of a love song, uh, but not not so much. I think it's good, but it really has one good moment in it, and I think the rest of it is just okay. Everything Must Go is a lot of fun. It's a very upbeat song, and uh, especially its position in the film, I really enjoyed that, and and it kind of takes over the atmosphere in a way. Shut Your Eyes uh, is a solo for Nick Offerman's character, who plays it for Kiersey Clemens, and it's very sad, it's very downbeat, it's, it's, uh, it's well-positioned in the movie. It's not my favorite song, but it's, um, it's good. I mean, none of the songs in the movie are bad. I'm, I wasn't upset to listen to any of them, even listening to Hearts Beat Loud three times, because I stayed for the entire credits. But Hearts Beat Loud and Everything Must Go are my favorites. Um, there is a ballad version of Hearts Beat Loud on the album, which I'm excited to listen to because I think that would be really good. The music ver- the the movie version, um, has a lot of uh, I don't know. It builds up and crescendos uh, within the song, which isn't a bad thing. It's definitely it's definitely a song that lends itself well to being played in both. Circum- both both ways, but I, I feel like a ballad version might be better, personally. I don't know. I'll see. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, I will put that on. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a really nice movie. I think it does have some issues. It, it really could have done a lot more with, with the materials it had, but if if all you really want to listen to, all you really want is a sweet relationship between a father and daughter, some good music, uh, you know, Ted Danson, what little we see of him, he's funny, he's interesting, uh, Tony Collette is fine, Sasha Lane and Kiersey Clemens are cute together, I guess, uh, Blythe Danner kind of, you can kind of just write her off, uh, but the, the one, there's a good scene where 
Nick Offerman is in, I guess, like a coffee shop, donut shop sort of thing. That's a really funny scene. He starts freaking out. He runs all the way home. It's 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 really good. Uh, but honestly, it's all about Kiersey Clemens and it's all about the music. I think those are the best parts of it, and those are what gave it its rating. So, ended up rating this uh, a 63. So pretty solid rating, uh, given how many flaws I think the movie has. But I do think the music being such a big part of the movie and being so well made and so so well presented does a great job of lifting up what would otherwise have been maybe something in the 50s, mid to high 50s. Uh, that being said, it uh, both my the two songs I prefer, Hearts Beat Loud and Everything Must Go, make it onto Best Original Song, uh, knocking off uh, one of the Black Panther songs, uh, the, uh, All the Stars, I think, and finally, at long last, kicking Fifty Shades Freed off of this year's list of nominees with For You, which falls off the list. Uh, so, happy to get rid of that, which leaves, currently puts Ocean's 8 as the lowest rated film with any nominations uh, on my list. Nominated for tactile effects, leading uh, with costume design, really leading the charge in that one. So, two nominees, two nominations for Hearts Beat Loud, both in this original song category. And, uh, yeah, I gave it a 63, which puts it on par with RBG this year, which, again, I also think is good, but had some pretty substantial flaws and problems in it. Uh, puts it just behind Isle of Dogs, just ahead of Peter Rabbit, squished in between those <laughs> sort of animal movies, animal movies, I guess. And, yeah. I don't know. That's about it. I think ultimately, Hearts Beat Loud could make it have a shot at maybe an original song nomination come end of the year. I mean, at the Oscars, obviously. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's um it's interesting. I I think I've seen a lot of praise for this movie, and I just I don't put it at that highest uh, uh, rating. I guess. Um, it feels like a lot of people are um, placing agency on the film that doesn't necessarily belong to it. Uh, maybe I think I'm saying that. I think I'm saying what I mean correctly. Uh, but I don't know. A lot of three and a half, a lot of four star ratings for this movie. But I think for me, it's kind of just. A film that doesn't take full advantage of its cast. It's it's a cute, it's it's a sweet movie, but it's never it's never much more than that. And the times where it try like it comes close, uh, I wish it would have gone a lot further, but it, it doesn't, and that's that's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, so I don't know. That's kind of it for this episode. Um, I am, as I mentioned in Wednesday's episode. I am in the process of finding and recording episodes for my vacation within the next two for the next two weeks with uh, a lot of guests, hopefully, lots of guests, and that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they 
do a good job. I have not recorded any of those episodes yet, so I have no uh, no basis to judge any of them. Uh, currently, three of them are scheduled, but I, I'm working on enough, some number between one and four more uh, people. And yeah, kind of a short episode, uh, but you know, I'm a little pressed for time. It's recording this Tuesday. I leave Monday morning. I won't have time to record Monday, and I have to have everything scheduled by Sunday night. So I really only have the rest of today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So five days to get three, six, seven episodes recorded and ready to go. So uh, fingers crossed I can make that happen. Let's do it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to today's episode on Hearts Beat Loud. I do think you should go see it. it it's it's very short. It's a lot of fun. And um, I liked the movie. I just think it could have done a lot more. And the crowd I saw it with, I think there were like four or five other people in the, in the theater. They all got a kick out of it. They were all, they all liked it. And so, yeah, I recommend the movie. I, I do think if you are interested, you should check it out. Uh, that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to check out more episodes, uh, you can find those on circleoffilm.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and uh, at email at circleoffilm or circleoffilm at gmail.com. Uh, all new episodes are posted on my Twitter account as they're released, uh, in addition to other stuff. Uh, and you can get in touch with me over anything you want. Um, yeah, anything. And if you would like to support the show for as little as eight cents an episode, you can do that on patreon.com slash circle of film. Uh, that's that's it though. Thank you again, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.